0: You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Abram and I hope you enjoy this episode. Shalom, this is Standing in Two Worlds with Professor Sam Juni, who joins us here on this side of the Atlantic in his domicile in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Uh, Sam, welcome to the U.S. I know you're here for a simcha, and that really is what inspired me to sort of probe into this subject. Uh, this is a simcha that is your actually, and I'll say it correctly, although most people will think I'm incorrect. This is your grandnephew, not your great-nephew, your grandnephew, because it's your brother's grandson. Yeah, happens to be great. He is a great child, right? But technically, he's your grandnephew, named after your dad, who's getting married. So you have come here, obviously. My dad
1: is not getting married. My dad is not getting married.
0: I said, named after your dad. He's named after your dad. And uh, you are here coming in from Israel, I'm sure, along with other family members. And um, I was thinking about it, since I'm so happy that that I'll have a chance to see you personally, uh, about this, I guess in Hebrew we call it the Chavaya, the experience of a family wedding. Especially when, myself, I'm a type of invitee, as far of others, that represents sort of like the old generation. The 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 and kala, the ones that are celebrating, they are the young ones, the ones in their 20s, the ones who have the world in front of them. And yet we know it really wouldn't be a wedding if that other older generation wasn't there. I'm not talking about your brother, Hagoyin of Menachem, who, of course, it's the tremendous nachas of his first grandchild. But I'm talking about the rest of that older generation. Uh, the Junis are not necessarily reflective because the family is somewhat on the small side. But let's imagine a hypothetical wedding with aunts and gra- grand-aunts and grand-uncles. And let's even take it up a notch to the great ones, the ones even generations before that, the great-grandparents and the great-uncles and the great-aunts, and a whole series of older people who are there. And this is something, of course, Sam, that occurs day in and day out, especially here in our Jewish world during these days which are prime for weddings before it becomes too close to Pesach to be able to make one. And so these events are occurring nightly in in wedding halls throughout the northeast and throughout the world really and i wanted to you to zero in as you are going to experience it and and i is in the same way of what's really going through in the minds of people like us we're coming and yet in one way we want to see the simcha but we realize that it's passed us by in some way. Yes, we're happy to have seen it and we we are. We share the joy of the participant especially in this case your brother. But I forget about this specific one. Let's talk in general about this passing of the guard and the significance of bearing testimony to where the new generation is going as if I have to show up despite my inability to dance, despite my, I can't hear anything because of the loud music, whatever it is, but I've got to show there and I've got to, in in a sense, check that box. So what, what do you think this is about of coming to these social events in such a way?
1: As usual, a nice package that you send to me. Okay. So, um, I have a number of ideas here. Let me just talk about the personal here. I see like my generation, you, my brother and others that I know as well as representing the 2G generation, the people who um, are the generation just after the Holocaust, who basically were raised in the shadow of the Holocaust and raised by parents who never got out of the Holocaust. And um We are a generation of immigrants. We came here. uh, Our parents had zero. And basically, we had to work. We had to work to um, establish ourselves, establish our own integrity, our resources. We came up with our own, our abilities, our educations. We didn't have anything handed on the platter at all. And then, of course, in contrast to our children who already had, shall we say, our hard work to propel them forward some. So um, this, some of this feeling that you mentioned comes up when our children start or became independent of us and what feelings those engendered. The only difference between this and the next one is that when our children became empowered, most of us were still considered vital. We were considered in the mainstream of society and the kids were considered the young ones. At this point, what's happening is that Our kids represent the mainstream. Their kids are the young ones coming in. And then we are what? What are we? That's the question. Are we even a footnote? Are we not even a footnote? Are we something that's there to um, say, well, that's what old stuff was. (laughs) Now we have new stuff coming in. Let's just talk about the experience. The experience that, let's say, grandparents and then the generation of grandparents, friends, etc., have at a wedding is essentially, um, shall we say, FS. It, it's nothing. It's nothing. <laughs> the party would be just as happy, and it would go on just as well, whether you can show up or not. Why are you there? Okay, there's a show of respect. Perhaps there is a question of uh, obligation. It's a question of norms that, of course, you pay homage or you pay lip service to the idea that blah, 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 these people are so great or whatever. But I would say that the way at least Western society runs, each generation propels itself by stepping on the heads of the previous generation, not by feeling that we are standing on their shoulders, but we're basically stepping on their heads and saying, you got it wrong. I mean, just think back to the Russian Revolution and now that's the prototype of all of it. We are better, we understand everything you're saying. We looked at everything you have to offer. We've incorporated a little bit, maybe, but the point is we don't really need you at all. So why are you there? Why are you hanging on to this? Because otherwise you have nothing to hang on to. So no, it's not it's not a pretty picture. Um, especially um since at least the, the 2G people worked so hard to get. To where they're going, and there's a bit of a feeling, not quite of resentment or ba- basically disentitlement. Like, you can't cl- lay claim to the um bennies that you have or to the um status that you're at because you got that from us, so to speak. I did not have that kind of feeling at all from parents. My parents basically felt that anything I got or my brother got we got on our own. But here it's, oh, no, you got it from us. In fact, you still get it from us. We're we'll still supporting you. In fact, in some cases, some of us grandparents are still supporting the grandkids because we're supporting the kids as well, not necessarily in this particular case. So, um, essentially, we're coming to a party as invited. You know, sure, we're invited. We got an official invitation. But does it matter whether you'll be there or not? Eh, not really. Um, you're there seeing people. Launching golf on their own, so to speak. I I know I'm the the shoulders of others, but launching golf on their own. But I can tell you that the feeling I have about these kids is they don't really know what it means to work for your station, to work for your resources. So in a sense, I would say if I had to to, um, um, categorize the main thrust of what you do at this time of wedding, if you came to eat crow.
0: (laughs) <laughs> well, it's interesting uh, but 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 yeah. but you 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 mentioned it before that you feel a responsibility, of course you I'm not talking about Sam coming to the uni re- wedding that that's a little bit different because that you have that responsibility. It's only you and Menachem, we all know obviously you have to come, but let's talk about but,
1: again but but just
0: just to push that point, it's a responsibility
1: to my mother, to my brother. It's not a responsibility to my nephew or to his son. It's to my brother to almost commiserate with him. And I'm not saying that they're bad kids. I'm just saying these are kids who have it all for them. They didn't work. (laughs) And look at And they're saying, thank you very much. Now the exit is that way, please. OK, well at least don't make too much noise. Let us stand here and enjoy, and you can sit there and eat your, you know, whatever, a fish without bones or have your Filipino help you, et cetera.
0: Right. But true. But obviously, a grandchild, uh, seeing a grandchild, not just holding the grandchild in your arms, but being able to see that grandchild getting ready to start their own family is is, is something which... I know. I imagine it hasn't happened yet with me, but I imagine will give your brother anyone in that situation a tremendous sense of satisfaction of a life well lived, and that is that is something which I think is the overwhelming feeling of the person. I don't know, but 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 the other people that are there. The
1: when you say life well lived, you mean of our generation. Our generation was another, right, we our spawn generation and we spawned our, this one. Yes, we, we, this
0: one. we were able to spawn a child who had a child who is now on the way to producing more children and another family. And that means that in a way, as I've talked to you before about the fear of death and the fear of mortality in a way, that is a satisfaction that, and especially realizing the strengths that go into that child. So I want to take the grandfather out of it. Um, I, I, I want to talk, as I said, it's the others, the others who you say, feel a a debt now i mentioned to you before off pod they could send in checks you know they could just put an envelope check in an envelope and say look i'm very happy that that this is happening but there's there's something that is 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 telling me and others of your generation that we were all old friends way back when 40 50 years ago that we have to show up we there's something pushing us to be there despite the fact as you say the wedding and the and the the, the vibrancy of the uh, of the occasion isn't drawing on us whatsoever but we are in a way feel that we have to be there maybe to mark time to to be able to look in the mirror as it were at the faces of others who have aged along with us to sort of perhaps even stoke the the embers of memory a little bit about things if, I, if I
1: could ju- if i could just give you my association as you were talking to me now i was thinking that you're talking about nih you know you have to show up you can just call up and say i can't come in but you have to show up and sit there with the person but it's that's not a happy occasion at all so in a sense if you're seeing this as a marking of time or if you want to talk about eric Erickson's final stage of ego integrity versus despair, um, you're seeing it as a positive. I'm saying that there may be a negative here as well, that essentially you're seeing that like this is like I'm being left behind in some of the dust over here. And it's nice to have my friends come and commiserate or support me or say, no, 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 you're not really behind because let's not forget all the virtues or all the strengths or all these marks that you've left on society but it does sound like something from the um shall we say descending slope it doesn't sound
0: like sn ascending- uh, let, let me paint it a little bit different um i'm going to speculate and i don't know if this is true but i would say in deeply religious cultures or those that are very much into ancestry uh and into the uh, to the elders whether it's the oriental societies or the way we look at the zikanim, i think we feel are, uh, and it's somehow embedded in our community I'm not again i don't know if it's universal that we sort of have to be here to not just witness but to put a stamp that th- you are part of our tradition it wouldn't be a part of this tradition of you're joining that unbroken chain if you didn't see the rusty links that are there. Right. In other words, part of what happens, especially in an occasion like this, let's say, unlike, let's say, when they're going to have like a uh, a surprise party or uh, a, a party celebrating a new job, but a wedding where it's a ritual that takes them back to the past. So where are those links? Where are those old links that you are now like Adam and Eve? You are now like Abraham and Sarah? You know, they are. Those are those old guys over there that are watching those guys with the with the with the dentures, the ones who were in the walkers and the canes, the ones who you don't know their names. You know, I mentioned to you off pod that my mother in law never stopped reminding me of our wedding, our small wedding that we had in Vancouver, about how we didn't take the time to go talk to uh, uncle so-and-so who came in from Edmonton or uncle so-and-so who came in from Calgary or that other one. And and the truth is, is that when those people passed away, I, I had to scratch my head to remember if I'd ever seen them, but they all, but they came in, they came in in order to, to say that this is an extension so I I don't know if it's as it's 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 not exactly sitting in the dust of misery. We recognize that it would not be a ceremony of extension if we wouldn't be there.
1: I, I have two comments. I just in terms of your last statement, it sounds like you're almost saying that it wouldn't be the same because somehow the new generation needs the stamp of approval to say yes it's fine. You're going the right way. And there wouldn't be the more than that. If the, okay. But I want to, I, let me give you just one other associations. about when you were speaking and I'm thinking about the has the, the weddings that you often see by grandchildren of a Hasidic Rebbe. Okay. And it basically looks like a tish. In other words, the focus is totally on the grandfather. It's not that the Rebbe's grandson, or granddaughter is getting married. It's that the Rebbe, is marrying off his grandson. So it's really a celebration of the Rebbe. Yes. The objects who are actually going through the weddings are just horns in terms of this spectacle, which is quite a contrast to what's going on here. Instead of the, the oldsters or the old generation being the, uh, the props, it's the kids who are the props. You know that in terms of my research, I follow a lot the, uh, the, the machlokas or the um, descent that goes on among Hasidic accords. So there was a wedding between those two rebbes who married off their kids, one from the Israel and one from um, from uh, the United States. And their ideology was so different that the safety of the Israeli rebbe was not at all guaranteed if he attended the wedding because he would be like pummeled by the Hasidim of, uh, of the Rebbe in America. So what happened is that the wedding in America happened, and then the Rebbe in Israel made a, quote, wedding party. At the mm-hmm. same time of the wedding for all his Hasidim, they all dressed up. The props weren't there. <laughs> there was no Hasidim, there was no... But the wedding went on, and you couldn't tell the difference. If you, you know, the Hasidim being there and not being there is trivial. I'm surprised they didn't put up just, and dress them up and tell them to pretend to be, but the point is
0: that it's it's the rabbi's celebration. Okay, right. The point is very strong. And let me just add another obvious element, is that in the wedding, for example, that you are attending, which when most people listen to this will already have happened, and there'll be the Sheva brothers, but the wedding that you're attending, the choson and Gala, because of the yeshiva background, they are already, in a way, if not adults, but they've gone out, they've dated, uh, they have personalities that that are known to the family and beyond. I think in the Hasidic world, especially considering the young age that the weddings of the the participants, the fact that even the Shidduch was made, even sometimes years before or talked about, even before the couple was together, sort of obviates and in a way creates that shadow over the main participants because the, their character is not at all, at all developed in this narrative right right whereas again in in uh, although many of our listeners might conflate yeshivish with Chasidish, it's really not that way at all the you know your your nephew who is a, a nice yeshivish bentira or a Talmud khokham perhaps his children are really raised and given a, a very different sense of uh, aspect of themselves and their own self significance, right. but, but their personality
1: definitely is alive in this narrative. It's not like they're just little cogs.
0: Yes, yes, I yes. and, and you're correct. You know, look, we all have to deal with the reality, Sam, of being in the third or fourth act whatever act you want to call it
1: the final act how's that
0: the final act and i know that that you know besides my mother-in-law i've looked at albums of events like this uh from other people and it's 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 so interesting to find oh Look at Rav Moshe there. Look how dark his beard was. Oh, there's Rav Bear. Look, look at how light his suit was. Um, and oh, who is that? And, and 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 these are not just people who are now wizened and gray, but finding the ones that. Have not been there. Finding the ones who aren't here anymore. Oh, oh, there's the Vishker eli Oh, he he showed up over there as well. Oh, yeah, and and here's Roshaga Five of Mendelovich. Oh, you can see that because of the cane that he's wearing and the top hat. Oh, is that laser silver that you see uh, that you can barely see in his hand? Is is, is reaching up? Th- th- these events that are photographed and have become a record much more perhaps than almost any other place. You know, to to mine our history. If you take a look at the plethora, Sam, of these Gedolim books that come out, many of the pictures are from these type of events, uh, and and that's are they become the living record for those dinosaurs, so to speak, that we extol and that we study and that we think about. This is where they're found, and I think on a on a mi- on a micro level, these wedding albums are gonna look are gonna be looked at by the families. Um, and when we show up, I think we're there to get our picture taken at least once. That maybe somebody in some other generation we've made we've through.
1: made it into the family history that way. There's no way out, right? They
0: can't say they don't know who we are because they got the picture. And that, that's right. And, and and we know there's a photographer who comes to every table, and whether we make it into the final cut or not, by showing up, we are in a way putting ourselves i think in some sort of uh concrete fashion that we will be looked at we know look we're not going to be looking at those pictures but maybe somebody will look and say who is that guy right yeah yeah i i seem to recognize him i seem to recognize uh, Shmilu. So you will <laughs> you will be
1: immortalized as the guy in the picture who nobody knows who is, Yeah yeah who
0: is that guy who is that that's, guy right? that's, it. that's 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 going to be your caption yes well, i guy? don't mind i don't mind playing that role <laughs> But so it's it, it's really like I, again perhaps other cultures are, are 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 into this. I think we we could probably you know sort of like segue to an end here this very light discussion that many of our non-Jewish colleagues wonder at the lavishness of Jewish weddings. I, I'm not mm-hmm. talking about the ones that are wealthy that have uh, these destination weddings, but when when they hear. Oh, it's not too big. It's only about 375 people, right? And they, 375 people is not is not is not right. And, and and part of it is because we come from stock that has a large amount of family, many children, many cousins. But there are other societies that also don't practice birth control in the same way. And they don't have these large weddings. Again, even what's considered a smallish wedding would be lavish. I think you have to say something about this. What is it about, especially we've been always so concerned about the money, so concerned about the amount that we're spending, so concerned, and yet there is still what would, would be in the secular world an extravagance in ter- of, of of Jewish weddings. What, what do you think that is a, an outgrowth of? I'm not sure I really know.
1: Why do we feel we have to spend them? Hmm.
0: I stumped you. Maybe it's the jet lag. I, I will tell you that there have been massive attempts uh, throughout our history to limit uh, the sizes of the weddings, to limit the number. These were the taconos that go that stem back 500, 600, 500 years or so uh, in Italy and, and other places, which have been sort of enacted a little bit in, in some communities. Uh, but it seems that even a, a very and, and of course you know this living in Eretz Ciro people are going out for kawa people are right they, they' they are collecting in order to make a, a larger wedding they're collecting in order to to not just uh, supply for their children a home
1: well no no, I, I I thought about it basically I couldn't think of it using my own logic so I just regressed to my um uh, to my professional clinical stance as an analyst. And the the usual principle in analysis is that when you see a a, um, behavior that's extreme, that it usually is meant to cover up its opposite. It's called reaction formation. So the way I would go, trying to subtract myself from the entire situation, just looking at the description, is here we have someone who is going all out and going beyond the norm or beyond their capabilities to express something that's positive. So it has to be that it's a cover-up for something negative because otherwise you <laughs> know the lady wouldn't protest so much and the best. So if I have to just follow, again, I'm trying not to be personal, just trying to be clinical at all. I would say that this is meant to be my way of saying to myself and the world and anybody else is willing to listen, I am so happy about being at this stage of being able to marry off my kids or contributing just, you know, $40,000 to Marry of my grandkids, because it really makes me very happy and elated and excited, which uh, is a um, thin foil covering up the fact that it's upsetting. You know, so I, again, <laughs> think of Eric Erickson, who's not quite mainstream Freud, but pretty right. much accepted that what you're dealing with over here is the despair,
0: the despair of being left behind in the dust. That's why they're taking out a second mortgage for these weddings.
1: Yes, yes. Because to show that, of course not. I am so happy I couldn't possibly be happier. And having your fingers crossed behind your back or behind your mind, as you say that.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, that's well. it's, it's great that you're using English fingers crossed, which is sort of a very Christian way. Yes, of, but of,
1: he, the guy was Jewish, leave him alone. Yeah. <laughs> cut, him, cut, cut him some slack.
0: So as you have uh gone to your default mode i guess we could sum up your take on this as basically go ahead okay
1: what i would say is that we um probably owe it to truth not to delude ourselves that when we have an occasion that's painted in a certain way that that's all it is there's there are always elements that um are a little bit dissonant with the main theme here. So, yes, we have a happy theme. We're so excited that this new generation are going off on their own. They're finding love and finding um, a meeting of the minds with another person. They're raising a family. But at the same time, there's a sadness here. And the sadness is that uh, the train is leaving, and I'm left here with my walker, you know, behind the whole scene. So, yeah, it's mixed. And I think that's just a... A truth that we as professionals try to hammer in all the time, that there's no such um, situation where the emotion is totally wholesome in one direction. There are always little things gnawing at you. And when you don't pay attention to them, often you'll wind up on our
0: couches for a lot of money. Well, it, it, again, you've answered a little bit of why attend instead of just sending in the check. Because by attending and forcing that smile upon your face... You're forcing it on your soul and saying, this is, I am so happy. Right, but but you're also, in a way, making, as we say in Hebrew, a machol. You're basically saying, you know, uh, I'm not happy the way it's going. You know, I, I want to end with on, on also on something which perhaps you have great familiarity with because this was the world you were raised in, as opposed to myself being raised sort of in a hodgepodge in, in Memphis. I've noticed at, in the Hasidic Shachasmas, there's a tremendous kbeda about Tznius, about where the women enter, and of course the mechitza is super high, and there's there's the families don't even eat together, the men and women, and even the chasna of my son in Eretz stroll, which is a chasidish wedding, uh, I did not sit with my wife, I sat with the men, even my son didn't sit with his own wife. <laughs> I think uh, during the wedding, it was it was a very very strange thing, but I noticed that in the chasidish chasnas, there is a certain moment after the chuppah where something occurs that I didn't even, I didn't see in yeshiva weddings, which is that the husband takes the wife by the hand and in front of everyone does something, which in Shulchan Arach says is verboten is to walk around and show a sign of Chiba, but they actually takes the, his kala's hand and they get danced to the yichad room holding hands. Mm-hmm. which is very unusual considering all the other Zahiderson that happens in the Hasidic world. How, how would you explain that? I don't know. It always, it always seemed very odd to me and very dissonant
1: with my image of um, holiness and asceticism that these guys are trying to project. So I don't know it. I mean, it always made me feel that something is funny. Either this hand holding is funny or that the other stuff is all funny. I, I it do,
0: it did not seem natural. It's not as... It's ve- very unnatural because these guys will never hold hands again. They'll never hold hands publicly again. Maybe not even privately. Uh, they'll never hold hands again. <laughs> I hear. I hear. So, again, I've sort of, you know, I, I've taken you to your roots, but there's a big question mark there. So, here's what I would say. And and, and it's based on Chazal in, in a way. That hakol the Gemara says in Ksuvis, lama kala we know it's about procreation we know it's about so so i think it's almost like look you you want to talk about the fact that this man and this woman are going to be involved in conjugal relations that there's going to be uh coitus down the road okay look here you have it everybody we're holding hands that's it okay so now we got it out of your system this is it we're holding hands the, the chasidische Bocher, the Hasidisha girl, they're holding hands with each other, so now it's done. It's like shloch darin Now you're never going to see her, that's it. Because we know that in many ways, part of the 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 vibrant sounds like a neurotic ritual that you are describing, right but we know that why do you think all these cultures had such vibrant energies about the wedding right the wedding was all about the fact that there's a life will go on and life will go on through the biological imperative of procreation which right and therefore in a way you know these wedding rituals if you go back to more ancient cultures uh, they were fertility celebrations. Yes, sure. Right? And the fertility celebration is an indicator that this is a sexual potent man and this is a, f- a woman who is able to collect connect, collect his seed and become pregnant. So therefore, that act, which is what everyone is in a way dancing about, that's going to occur behind closed doors, I think the, the chesedim understand that. And therefore, they sort of nip it in the bud by saying, okay, we're going to now show you holding hands but you're calling it nipping i'm not quite sure what the nipping is but okay they're not going to go into their lingerie but this is it okay you see yes we own up to it yes this is what it is and gamarnu you're not going to see it anymore ever in our lives but here when you're here to celebrate that that's again armchair uh sociology but i think i'm i think from the look on your face that i think i might have touched a little truth there scrape some sort of I don't know it,
1: it just it, it seems odd I don't I don't not look I don't think
0: that...
1: not,
0: I, I will process it I don't know the question is a good one Mazutov, I will see you at the wedding and listeners will hopefully catch us in a different mode hopefully next month very soon be well everybody take care